this is the Lake Point Sports Podcast. Now, here's Corey McCartney. In for another Lake Point Sports Podcast, I'm Corey McCartney. As we continue our conversations from the recent Youth Sports Summit here on campus, today we'll have a discussion on sports technology. It's a really fascinating talk led by our own John Peters, who's joined by a panel of Rocky Collins from Mustard, which is revolutionizing elite-level training through the teachings of noted throwing mechanics coach Tom House, Ken Durant from Comcast Sports Tech, and Nikola Mervilevich, co-founder and CEO of Strive, which uses algorithms and sensors integrated into compression clothing to optimize muscle performance. It's a great deep dive into the marriage of tech and sports, and after you're done enjoying it, if you haven't already, Go back and listen to all of the panels from the Youth Sports Summit and stick around as we'll have more coming out of the event. Also, be sure that you're following Lake Point Sports on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And also, subscribe on YouTube to get all of the latest content coming from campus. Now, I'll turn things over to John Peters to lead this talk. All right. Welcome, guys. Thanks for uh, making the trip. Rocky came from L.A., and Ken, you came from up the street. But, but thank you for, for being here for everybody. Uh, we have subject matter experts to talk about how professionals are using sports technology today, and uh, including how they're bringing it down market. And some of these companies actually are democratizing and leading uh, the technology industry to bring it to youth sports. Uh, actually, Nicola from Strive uh, had an activation at Lake Point uh, about a month ago. That went very well. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but, you know, maybe first, uh, we'll start with you, Ken. I, I think uh, I, I did an intro enough on what sports technology is. Everybody knows it's growing. Um, but when I hear Comcast, I think of Xfinity. So tell our listeners what the accelerator is and why is Comcast investing in sports tech? Absolutely. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm Ken, and it's good to see you, and always great to be in this wonderful facility out here uh, in, uh, in Cartersville. It's wonderful. And uh, yes, Comcast, uh, as you likely should know, uh, also is part of NBC, NBC Sports, all the different things that we're involved in all over the world, including Sky Sports out in Europe and, and lots of different areas. And uh, a couple of years ago, there was a decision made that uh, we began to look at new technologies that were emerging uh, from all around the world in the field of sports. And we reached out to our corporate and our sponsors and partners around the world and began to assemble a consortium of different people who had that interest. So if you look outside, you see things, whether it's NBC Sports or Sky Sports, like we mentioned, but also uh, NASCAR, the PGA, the uh, different areas, and also the big investment we make in the Olympics uh, and the Olympic team. So USA Cycling, USA Swimming, Ski and Snowboard teams, uh, and all of those uh, different Olympic groups. Uh, and so we began to, to put these people together and start looking for opportunities in the uh, growth of the sports technology field. So from an accelerator point of view, just to give you just a very, very brief understanding of that, we are searching for early stage technology companies, small companies that are doing something really interested in the technical and sports space uh, and bringing that uh, technology to market. And we try to help accelerate their growth, help move them forward. Uh, and, but what else does that have to do with youth sports? Well, it's very interesting. And the last thing I'll say about that is that we sat down with all of these different partners and started talking to them about what they were looking for. And something occurred to me that had not occurred to me before. Every elite athlete starts as a young person. Wow. And they're in youth sports uh, and they come from somewhere. So 
Uh, I think it was Phil saying earlier that you're looking at that elite athleticism, uh, and sometimes they may start in one sport and then transition to another. Uh, so every one of those partners is looking down into the markets for their next great athletes, and the technology has a lot to do with evaluating those athletes. Yeah, and we're, we'll talk about actually maybe go to Nicola with Strive and how uh, you know elite athletes are using your technology. So so Strive uh, leverages what I just think of as as muscle, but it is known as EMG, which I'll let you define in a second. Uh, and uh, leveraging that technology and understanding muscle load uh, for the lower body. So maybe tell our listener or, or audience what you know Strive is, and could you tell us some teams you guys work with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, good morning, everyone. Uh, great to be here, John. So, um, Strive, we're a human performance technology that quantifies fatigue through monitoring of muscles and motion. Uh, for the last 40 years, people talk about quantifying the motion, you know, with the GPS accelerometry, etc. But we started Strive with the idea to understand what is the cost of that motion, what is the cost of, of those accelerations or decelerations. And so far, uh, we've worked with professional athletes ranging from NFL, NBA, uh, MLS, and NCAA, and we also work with uh, also Premier League and military, specifically Special Forces and kind of an Army and Air Force. And, you know, because I've seen the dashboard, and it's, it's really interesting. By the way, uh, do you have the shorts with you today? I have a shorts. Okay. They're not a fashion statement. The shorts <laughs> are actually conductive inks on, on top of the compression shorts. You should show them off later. They're very, very cool. Uh, but I've seen the dashboard. Can you give our audience a flavor for uh, an insight or a story where you told a coach or an athlete in this case, um, you know, anything from the data that you gathered and you learned and, and maybe how that changed their behavior? Absolutely. So there are a lot of fascinating models. Today, we, um, I grew up playing sports, uh, played professional sports back in Europe, and you know, nobody ever taught us how to move, how to train, how to properly accelerate or decelerate. And um, I wasn't even aware of all the use models, but recently we found out that one of the NFL quarterbacks uh, found a correlation between the glute output of the glute muscle and the speed of the ball, uh, how he was throwing. So essentially, the stronger his legs got, the further and faster he was able to throw the ball. So this is just one example. We've been, of course, working with the um, Dominican Republic Olympic uh, baseball team. So that's awesome to just to see kind of pitchers and how they prepare, how they warm up. But also from a understanding injury risks, uh, we are able to understand how are the players changing, you know, in the preseason versus during the season versus late in a season. And what are the injury risks? Because at the end of the day, if you want to accelerate, but the, the glutes are not engaged, or you want to decelerate at a rapid pace, but the hamstrings are not working, those are all the things that we can fix and ultimately improve the performance of the athlete. Very cool, very cool. And uh, Rocky, I think uh, you are the co-founder and CEO of Mustard, uh, a camera-based biomechanics company that uh, enables you know, full uh, kinematic, I believe the word is, capture of, of the body and the joints. And uh, you know, maybe you, you guys have a really interesting founding story, so maybe we'll start there. Uh, I'm guessing not many people know who your co-founder is, Tom House. But they probably know Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, uh, Drew Brees, who's an investor in your company. And uh, he's kind of the uh, secret behind the, the curtain, the magic, if you will. So can you talk a little bit about how Tom House came to you and, and you guys decided to come up with this uh, platform for, for youth baseball? 
Yeah, JP, and first, thanks for, thanks for having me here in Lake Point. Uh, amazing facility, incredible to see it for the first time for me. Um, Tom House, uh, I got to know because my younger brother was training with him as a professional quarterback. And Tom, you know, many people probably don't know, uh, indisputably the most successful personal sports coach of all time. So in multiple sports, he's, he's coached Hall of Famers in their mechanics, going all the way back to Nolan Ryan, who's one of our investors and advisors. Uh, he's coached multiple Hall of Fame baseball players. He's got 22 of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. He's got Hall of Fame golfers. Uh, the list goes on. And really Tom's um, approach to me about Mustard was, can we take the coaching I do with the best athletes of all time and can we put it in a phone and give it to every kid all over the world? And not just in a, in a content way, but in a way that they can actually take this coaching and apply it to their own movements and understand how their body's moving and get better. So if I, if I can say 30 seconds about kind of the mission for us, um, you know, we all, we've talked a lot today about how we all got a ton of personal development from sports, right? We all, got, we all learned teamwork, work ethic. That was all from sports growing up. 70% of kids are left out of that market currently, okay? So 70% of kids quit team sports by the time they're 14. And uh, most often it's because they feel like they're not good enough to compete at that age, okay? We think that uh, with modern technology and with partnerships with these best coaches of all time, we can start to change that. You can give younger kids access to elite coaching and you can encourage them, uh, tell them that they've got something that's worth working on and hopefully we get more kids playing sports a little bit longer in life and getting that personal development from it. Awesome. I think, uh, and you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with the youth piece, because I think a lot of the uh, technologies that we all see are only for the elite. And Nicole, will come back to you in a second on how you guys are going down market to the, to the masses. Uh, but, but maybe first a follow-up for, for you, Rocky, on, uh, you know, we were talking yesterday about uh, this camera vision world. There are a lot of companies who are tracking everything from your replays to your biomechanics to, to whatever. And what was interesting, I thought, for what you guys are doing is you mentioned Tom had a almost garage full of, like, I don't know, 5,000 VHS tapes. And as we all know, training AI or machine learning is only as good as the inputs that go in. So can you talk about that foundation a little more and what all went into building this app that I think you launched last week, but we're going to tell the world you launched it here today on the stage. It is in the app store today, right? Today. You want to tell people we launched today? That's that's fine with me. Yeah. Yeah. So th th there's really two pieces to the magic of Tom. The first piece is is what JP's talking about. That for 45 years he's put all these top athletes into 3D motion analysis systems, and he kept the 3D models for 45 years. So he's got tens of thousands of these 3D models across multiple sports. And when he came to me with it, he didn't he didn't know what he had. It was literally on VHS tapes stacked up in his garage, and it's Nolan Ryan and Tom Brady and all these people. Uh, well, with those 3D models, you can train a really sophisticated computer vision AI system. Uh, so that's what we've recruited engineers and engineers to do. But the second piece, I think, you know, even more important. It's it's for us. It's um, there's a lot of ways to provide data to help good athletes try to get to that next level and get better. And there's a lot of great companies being built in that space. We're trying to do something a little bit different, which is take the data, but then boil it down to the teachables. And so that's really the second, to me, more important piece of the magic of Tom, 
is that he's done the research to figure out, okay, we got every joint location over every frame of a video. What do you actually want to teach somebody with that data? So for the applications we develop across sports, six to nine teachables uh, where somebody can actually see, okay, I'm moving in way A and I actually want to move in way B. And then we teach people how to get there. Awesome. And uh, maybe Ken will come back to you because I, I feel you're in an interesting spot. You're, you're in the, um, not the broker business, but you are in the middle in a sense of you're working with a lot of startups. You guys are investing in some startups. You run programs, accelerators for these startups to, you know, get mentorship, learn about the market, et cetera. You had a great list of partners back there when you were talking uh, from the Olympic governing bodies to PGA, et cetera. What are they looking for, and how, how do you really play that middle man, if you will, role to, is it as simple as, hey, our golfers need a new biomechanics kind of platform, they come to you, you broker the intros? How, how does that work, really, with the Comcast program? That's a good question. The, the, so it's, generally speaking, not as specific as that, believe it or not. Um, sports touches everything, and I think people in this room know that pretty well, but it, it, it's... It's every facet of life, everything from how you get from point A to point B and the mechanics of it, but it's also the neuroscience behind it. It's the, the way you think, it's the way you breathe, it's, it's all of these different pieces. And so what generally happens is every, every one of the partners will say, hey, we want better athletes. Uh, you know, but there's also lots of other things that they're looking for as well, which is uh, you know, anything that could be uh, as simple as how do I get my fleet of golf carts from one place to the other as the PGA or if you're uh, or if you're looking for the next great athlete. So there's lots of different things that happen in terms of understanding what we would call the broad thesis of sports and all the things that it touches. And it touches literally every facet of the business life of a sporting entity. Um, so we, we have to look at it from a much kind of broader perspective. Um, but also then you do have those, those kind of interesting performance uh, aspects. And it's kind of like Rocky was saying, we're looking for where those, those geniuses are that may have that notion of something or something hidden in the background that can be applied to sports that you really didn't think about. I'll use one quick example to kind of make, make sense of this. One of the teams in our last cohort was a neuroscientist who had been working on uh, aging population and some of the mechanics of what their perceptional ability loses. You know, as you get older, your vision perception and things like that begin to go down uh, because of the brain stimulation and the way it works. Well, that also applies to the perception of hitting a baseball or throwing a pitch or wherever it is, the things you can see and how you perceive it, or if you're a race car driver, the things that are around you, right? So a lot of times what happens is medical advancements and technology advancements that are intended for one thing apply to sports really well. So it's, it's all about keeping your eyes open to all of that. Yeah, certainly the mental aspect, and speaking of mental health, has been in the news a lot for, with, with a lot of athletes. So that's, uh, that's pretty really interesting. And, and maybe, you know, Nicole, I, I kind of want to go back because um, – you know, COVID just happened, and a lot of uh, coaches that I've talked to and even recruiters are using uh, technology to recruit. And you played, uh, I think somebody made the comment Rocky did about, uh, or maybe it was Ken, we were all kids at one point playing sports. You grew up playing uh, professionally uh, eventually uh, uh, in your career. And I'm just wondering, you know, do you, can you sh if you can share, do you have any uh, stories or maybe personally as a former athlete, how would you have used this technology to really, um, you know, bolster your resume, if you will, in terms of recruiting? How, how could that data... Uh, uh, be leveraged to help tell a story better to coaches, recruiters, and eventually, you know, mass consumers. 
Uh, that's a good question. Um, I always get a little, a uh, little anxious answering that because of what, um, who the data belongs to, and how is that data interpreted, and what is it used for. So, as an ex-athlete, you know, I grew up in Yugoslavia uh, back in the 80s and 90s, and we practiced six days a week, five, six hours a day, and our off-season week and a half long. So. Growing up in that environment, there was no perception of, you know, load management, risk analysis. You know, you twist your ankle, you get a Band-Aid. You'll be fine. So as the technology kind of uh, start, came into existence and as we start becoming more aware, we can now start saying, like, what are the opportunities for improvement? A lot. Uh, we see a lot of players, especially in the professional level, who we talk to, you know, being concerned, like, hey, will my team use this against me? Or... You know, if it's my contract season, but the way we see it is that uh, it's a tool for improvement. So when you talk about when you talk about uh, youth sports specifically, there's not a lot of discussion today. You know, I mean, facility like this, I I dreamt of this as a as a kid, and a lot of a lot of people are. And you know, we see those uh, high schools in Texas with you know massive facilities. What nobody ever talks to what that these facilities offer in Texas is the idea that movement should be trained. And we talk a lot about, hey, just accelerate at any cost, but what is the cost? And I think it comes down to health and safety. How are we using the data to not just make kids faster, but faster in a healthier and more sustainable way? Because if we can learn how to prevent the compensations, now we're, as you know, they mentioned like a 14-year-old quitting because they're not good enough. Maybe they're not good enough because they're being inefficient or they're fatiguing too early for some reason. And facilities, coaches, everybody can look at this data as first and foremost health and safety for youth athletes, but also enabling them to, be, to have their careers longer and to participate longer at the highest possible level. Because, again, a lot of lim our limitations comes down to anatomy and physiology that we're just we can't crack on our own without measuring. That's interesting. And, and maybe as a, uh, a follow-up, so, so Strive, uh, what sports are you guys in today, right now? Today, uh, NFL, NBA, MLS, NCAA, we have some random sports, uh, uh, baseball, and soccer, of course, soccer in Europe, yeah. Got it. And the, I think you, you had said this last week when we were ch chatting, uh, movement is movement no matter what, right? It could be football movement, basketball movement, training movement. 100%. I mean, the physiology, we've done so much research in the last 40 years that uh, at Strive, we're not reinventing the science. We're just taking the science from the lab and bringing it into the field. So uh, whether you're a DK Metcalf or a 14-year-old, you sh should run the same. Your quads, hamstring, glutes, symmetry left to right, that should all be the same. So... The point is to get athletes, get youth to the most optimal level where they can perform it at their peak from the physical perspective. You can't reference my alma mater and DK Metcalf's alma mater because you were in Startville last night, but we'll, we, we'll forgive you for that one. Um, uh, awesome. And so maybe one other question as it relates to youth. You know, one of the things that uh, I think happens both to professionals and youth athletes in particular is they get inundated by data and you know what does this graph mean what does this chart mean um do you see this further gamifying and even increasing participation for youth athletes with with the dashboard that you guys have built hello oh yeah hundred percent hundred percent i mean we see we see opportunities where uh, you know there's an opportunity for athletes for professional athletes and youth athletes 
to compete against each other. Because if, if we know how a professional athlete is moving, you know, whether it's an NFL tight end or running back or quarterback, or uh, we can collect that data. And then from a youth perspective, if you want to train like Stephen Gilmore, uh, you can now understand how you compare against Stefan Gilmore. And again, that's a, that's a little bit of a fuzzy topic right now. Obviously, it's still in, we're still in early stages of data monetization, sharing, and all of that, but there are quite few opportunities out there. We're really excited, and we're working on few, and there's also excitement from a both professional and youth levels on engaging with each other and yeah, using that data as a trading aspect. Yeah, I kind of feel like... Uh, if I compared my quad usage to DK Metcalf's, I'd probably be pretty depressed. But uh, so I won't do that. But maybe, uh, maybe Rocky. I mean, it's it's interesting because I feel like you guys are in some ways at the exact opposite end of the markets. We talked yesterday about you know while you have the names like a Drew Brees, et cetera, you, you talked about that. Uh, you guys are going after that seventy percent that you referenced, and and really the app is being marketed to. Eight-year-olds, talk talk a little bit about that. Well, I, I would say we <laughs> we have some parents with kids as young as eight that that use the app, but that's I don't know that that's the uh, target market for us. But we do care a lot about the kids younger than fourteen and making sure they have personalized instruction. But um, I think what Nicola said is ex- exactly right for us too. We, we want to gamify training. We, you gotta you gotta meet kids where they are, right? And so uh, for us, a lot of that is electronically gamifying it, making sure training is fun. Competition is supposed to be joyful. And so trying to make sure that's a part of what kids experience. You know, JP, you talked a little bit about mental health and mental performance training. That's a huge thing for us. And even when, we, you know, when I talk about meeting kids where they are, we're starting with um, a physical analysis because we think that's a good hook. But I think where we actually change lives is with the mental performance training and the mental health aspect to it. Um, I was reminded this morning, Matt Caps was talking this morning about a tournament he played in, and I, I realized I played in the same tournament. And uh, I was on Team California, he was on Team Georgia. And it was an unpleasant reminder for me because it was the worst pitching outing I think I ever had in my life. I, Frank Coor and McCann were on that team. I think they both hit home runs off me that I thought I might, I thought I might catch them finally coming down as I was here today because uh, they, they were just kind of coming down out of orbit. So, you know, you can uh, – sports should teach you how to overcome adversity like that. So you can learn how to overcome adversity or you can be like me, still talking about the bad experience 20 years later on a panel. Uh, but – you know, so I think for us, um, bringing people in with this physical analysis that we know kids care about, especially for pitchers, it's this market where people are really analyzing mechanics. But then while you've got their eyeballs and you've got their attention, you have an opportunity to, I think, change their lives with other types of training and still through it all making sure that uh, competition and training is fun. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, that's hit the nail on the head. I, ESPN, there are a lot of polls. The majority of kids who do quit is because of sports specialization and or they had a bad experience, whether it was a bad coach, they got put on the, the B or C team. And, and I think for all of us in this room would be how can we leverage technology to increase the experience? 
period. Whether it's uh, an experience for a kid to go to high school and college sports or just play at a junior level. So we have, I think, like three minutes left. And uh, just to make sure everyone's awake, I like to put people on the spot. So maybe I'll ask one question as an ending note. Um, Ken, we could start with you. But I'm really curious on your guys' perspective of where you think uh, you know, the industry can go. And Ken, certainly for what Comcast is doing, would love your thoughts maybe around you know, the fan engagement piece and how you know, maybe you've seen technologies, whether it's broadcast technologies or tagging video technologies. Where do where you think that's going? And then Nicola, and then we'll end with, uh, end with Rocky. Um, so you, thank you for – I didn't know you were going to transition me to there, but you, you brought me to something I really wanted to say, and that is that – while these guys are definitely talking about how you improve the experience of the athlete and make for better athletes, one of the other things we hear from our partners constantly is, how do you make the tent bigger? How do we get more kids interested in, in or at least even saying to themselves, in an inclusive sort of way, swimming could be a sport for me, or cycling could be a sport for me, or wrestling could be a sport for me, or golf, or whatever it is, and, you know, and all these different aspects. So how do, you, how do you bring more kids into the sport? And that also leads to one of the big factors of whether kids get involved or whether their parents are fans of the sport. So you, the, the, the aspect of fan engagement, of bringing more fans to a sport, which brings their kids to the sport, and those experiences, you know, it, it used to be, uh, in, in listening to Coach Hewitt a minute ago, I was thinking to myself, one of the most uh, transitional moments in my, as I was a kid, was the day my dad decided to build a 30 by 30 concrete slab in our backyard and put up a goal, and that became the hub of three-on-three -three basketball for all of the neighborhoods around us for five years. So all that whole time was all about a community of kids, and we didn't, and look, we were on the poor side of town, maybe. I'm, I mean, we, we didn't have anything, and it didn't matter who they were or what race they were or where they came from or what their parents had or didn't have. We're playing hoops, right? Every afternoon after school, it didn't matter. And we weren't good enough to travel. I mean, look at me, for God's sake. So I, I never played competitively anywhere but except in that three-on-three -three league, and baby, I could hit that shot. Right. And and that was the kind of stuff that made me a fan of sports, even though I wasn't the great athlete and I didn't have the apps. Right. But this type of stuff is what builds the future of whether or not we can be part of that is kids believing they can be part of that. Uh, you know, and I think that's kind of like the other thing that our partners are obviously looking for is what is that next thing that brings kids into the sport, that next round, you know, and keeps it going. Yeah. And certainly with Gen Z and whatever the next one is called, uh, they are digitally native and they're used to staring at screens and, and learning. So, yeah, eSports, yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we, we've hosted some events uh, virtually last year with that. But uh, maybe, Nicola, is the goal or is your vision, you know, everybody can get recruited from an iPad wearing, who are wearing striped shorts? What, what is, what's the future look like for you guys? I, I think when it comes to youth sports, it's a, an, engaging, um, making these these kids realize that they're actually capable of. You know, like as a, as a 12 year old, if you told me to touch a point that's 30 feet tall, I didn't understand that. Like, I cannot do that. That's impossible. I just wanted to do it. So, if we can offer them that, um, for lack of a better term, the the north star, in like, hey, if you want to be better these are the metrics or this is the data that can help you be better. We believe we can truly kind of inspire and engage uh, kids to be more, not just conscious of like, hey, I need to get from point A to point B, but get from point A to point B in a, in a most efficient and in a most efficient way with the highest performance. So that engagement with data, making them 
quantify themselves and as such teach them how to be even better. Awesome. Rocky, all the good answers are taken. So what, what, what do you think? Future uh, in 60 seconds or less? Uh, for us, we want anybody to be able to get personalized instruction. Every athlete uh, can have their personal recipe to improve, but I think more importantly, we want everybody to enjoy the process of improvement, right? It's not always about the end state. It's about really sinking in and enjoying the process of, of getting better. I think, you know, one thing for all of us in, in this room, in this industry to be conscious of, um, we're developing a lot of technology that's big business, and we're going to learn a lot more about people at a younger age for scouting and things like that. I mean, with the technology, even just those of us on this stage are creating, we, learn, we know a lot about somebody's capacity at a shockingly young age. And the point isn't to tell a kid you can be a major leaguer or you can't be a major leaguer. The point isn't to try to become a major leaguer. The point is all the personal development you get in the process of improving. And so we want to make sure people uh, sink into that. Hope you enjoyed that. And again, be sure to check out all of the conversations from the Youth Sports Summit. You can find them on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Another plug that you really should be following Late Point Sports on social media. There's some fantastic stuff, and I don't want you to miss out on this. So follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and be sure to subscribe on YouTube as well. Until next time, I'm Corey McCartney. Thanks for listening. And remember, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, be a champion in every walk of life.